welcome to Hope and Struggle. This is your resource for dealing with life's ups and downs using hope, humor, and truth. I'll be your host, Mindy Lawhorn. Let's get going. Hi, and welcome to the Hope and Struggle podcast. If you're a new listener with us, please know I don't normally record podcasts in my vehicle, but today's an interesting day, and I wanted to share this with you. My name is Mindy Lawhorn, and I'm your host for this episode of the Hope and Struggle podcast. I wanted to share something that was going on with you that I think just might be beneficial. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but today just might be the day you need to hear this. Or you may have a friend that you can forward this to that might need to hear what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through, and how I'm using God's word and his truth to help me through it. So real quickly, I created Hope and Struggle a few years ago out of a need, honestly, for myself. I started looking back over all the different things God has brought me through, and I realized, oh my gosh, I've been through so much crap. And it's not that I was looking to add up all of the ups and downs. I just realized that either through our fitness coaching business or helping people learn how to teach fitness or even just mentoring people in a very you know informal way, I was constantly going back to not only the scriptures, but the things I had been through and using, you know, that knowledge, that confidence, um, you know, the steps it took to get through those ups and downs with all these people that I was helping. I kept going back to all those experiences because it gave me better information. It gave me better, you know, encouragement, better ideas and tips for my friends. And I thought, wait a minute. All of these things that I've gone through, first of all, God has pulled me through every one of them. Secondly, I have never decreased my quality of life because I've gone through all these things. My life has only gotten better. And it's not been like, oh, gosh, I walk around, oh, I've been divorced. You know, oh, my, I lost my dad, you know, at an early age. Oh, gosh, I grew up chubby. You know, I have all these issues. I don't walk around life like that. It's almost like. All of those things have helped me become, I believe, who God has helped me be now and who he's going to grow me to be in the future. Now, if that makes sense, then this podcast is for you because going through growing up chubby, and I don't know if you've ever grown up overweight or if you've been super unathletic or you were sort of dorky or if your nickname was Spaz or you, like, you were always so loud that you thought you were proper de- you're at the proper decibels, right? When you're having communication and everyone told you you were yelling or you need to be quiet. Oh my gosh, you're so loud. I mean, like that is how I grew up. I grew up the last of five kids and I love the fact that I have three sisters and a brother. I love the fact that I grew up in a huge, crazy family because I ended up kind of, you know, becoming a little bit of each of them, if that makes sense. I'm like each of them in some way. You know, I'm not 100% like my dad, not 100% like my mom, not 100% like my sister. Like, I have qualities of each of theirs, and I love that. I feel like I had a really cool upbringing, even though, no, high school was not the best part of my life. And I get that a lot with people saying, well, high school is the best days of my life. And I'm like, are you kidding me? High school was by far not the best days of my life. 
I thought he was so weird. I was so uncoordinated. I was not good in school. And I did not excel at anything. I just talked to everyone, and I was friends with everyone. That is basically how I excelled, I guess. I was just like, had this weird thought in my head that everyone liked me. And believe me, they didn't. I mean, I have some proof that they didn't. But knowing that, God really started to build my character at that point. Fast forward, I kind of started figuring out how to eat. Like, you know, you, you don't need to eat ice cream and peanut butter at night. Real quick, newsflash. Don't sit down and watch your shows at night with ice cream and peanut butter. You know, hello, it took me a little bit to figure that out. Um, but, but health wasn't that big of a deal in my house. My mom did do aerobics every now and then. I got into it because I just thought it was fun. And one thing I could do was move to the beat of the music. I understood music. I played piano for 12 years. I took theory for six years. I did like music. I got it. But other than that, that was about it. So once I got out of high school, got into college, started figuring out, working out, eating, I started teaching fitness classes. I, you know, basically graduated and worked at a place in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I met this really tall, handsome guy. Well, quickly we got engaged. I got married to him. <clears throat> Things really, once we got married, changed. It's unfortunate, and this is definitely not the podcast to get into that, but it was, it was really tumultuous, and it was, it was so hard because I just thought everything's going to be okay because God has always made everything okay in my life. And, okay, well, yeah, maybe there are certain aspects that aren't good or, or maybe there are certain things we don't agree on, but eventually it's going to be okay, right? Well, it takes two in a marriage, and things got really bad. And while they got much better for about, I don't know, six to eight months, we got pregnant at that time, um, pretty much right after my son was born, my ex-husband's dad died, and that just sent him off. I don't know where his foundation was. I always thought it was in Christ, but once his dad died, everything just went crazy, and it was already crazy. Please don't get me wrong, but it went even more crazy, and long story short, I found myself as a single mom. That's where my story is going to pause for today. I could go on to tell you many more ups and downs with my dad dying when he was 58, Andrew, my son was only two, with, you know, doing every, every teaching every class I could to just pay the electricity bill, um, with, I mean, not achieving many of the things I tried for in that period of time, also struggling in a lot of other ways. But the reason the story of my divorce and my son is important today is right now I'm driving obviously, with all the noise, driving to the airport to pick up my son. So now my son's 15. He's an amazing, super confident, strong, funny, like easygoing kind of kid. Or I guess he's almost a guy now. And he was actually supposed to be home two days ago. And his dad now works for American Airlines. He, and his dad lives in California, by the way. His dad's remarried. Um, he has two more children, and, and uh, they live in California. So my son went to go visit him, only for seven days it was supposed to be. And with him working for American Airlines, you know, he, Andrew can fly basically as a standby, and usually it's no big deal. So Andrew was planning to come back Sunday. Um, I got a text my time about, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning. Mom, I'm not going to come home today. Dad says I can't get on flight. Okay, that's tough because he was supposed to be home. And if anyone has ever understood what it's like 
unfortunately be divorced and to have a child or children and how the communication always gets so messed up. Which, by the way, the ex-husband hasn't, hasn't texted me once. Which, if I texted him, he would text me back. Don't get me wrong. But this is Andrew telling me this at 5 a.m. my time. I'm like, okay, why not? He said, I can't get on. There's too many people. Dad says, you know, it won't work. So then my next question is, well, why don't you just stay at the airport and wait? To where Andrew says, oh, I'm not at the airport. We never went to the airport. Dad just looked online and said we can't get on. Okay. A little bit of that fire starts to build again, plus all the memories of all the years and the stuff that I went through. It's like par for the course. But this is my son now. I can't really say a whole lot because I don't want to make the situation bad for Andrew. Andrew's my son. So Andrew's there. I don't want to make any trouble with his dad because Andrew's there with him, not with me. So Andrew said, we'll try again on Monday. And I'm like, okay, whatever, Sunday night. And don't get me wrong, there's a huge emotional roller coaster, even knowing where my hope lies. And even knowing that things are going to be fine. I mean, no one's hurting Andrew. Andrew's in, you know, hands of people who love him. But the deal was Sunday. So Sunday night comes. Andrew texts, Mom, I'm on the six, I'm going to be on the 615 flight in the morning, you know, out of Dallas or out of LAX to Dallas. Cool. Woohoo. Let's go. Get home. You know, type of thing. And about 6 a.m. on Monday, Andrew says, there's not enough room. I'm not getting on the flight. We'll have to try again tomorrow. To where I respond, Andrew, you know you have to be at school on Tuesday. Not start school. We're in the summer right now, by the way. But he has commitments. We have um, orientation, but he committed to help. And the whole idea is, no, the world wouldn't end if he didn't do that. But he wanted to, and we're supposed to be at school on Tuesday. And he said, yeah, well, try again Tuesday. And I said, well, are you sure you just don't want to wait at the airport? This is Monday again. And he said, no, we never went to the airport. So, moms, let's pause on this for a second. I mean, dads, too. It is everything I can do to not be upset. He's supposed to be home two days prior. He's not coming home. And they didn't even try. And I understand that the, the best flight is probably the first flight out. But I had a sister who's in heaven now who worked for American Airlines for eight years. She taught me how to research flights in all open seas. I also have multiple friends that are American Airlines agents or flight attendants. And I called about three of them. All right, I got a question. Here's what's going on. And, of course, I didn't give them the drama. I just said, what are the, what are the facts? And according to them, there was multiple flights. They could have got on, on Sunday and on Monday. They just did. And I, this is where the whole benefit of the story is going to come in. I could be so mad. And... The fact that he didn't get on is the fact that his dad wasn't willing to go to the airport and wait. However, when I took him to the airport this time, we left the house at 3.30 a.m. How convenient is that? I sat there with him until he got on his flight, you know, got on, he got, so we got at 3, left at 3.30. We, I stayed there until he got on his flight at 6.15. Okay, so not convenient, but I'm willing to do it. And by the way, his dad could easily have bought him a ticket, but he chose not to him the standby ticket and so whatever and the fact that he wouldn't try is where this gets infuriating into where God's word can totally come in and help us so the first thing that I want to share with you is when these things happen to you and, and I hope that that story 
help you understand what an emotional roller coaster this can be for a parent and how easily I could have sent off some texts and made a phone call to him, not Andrew, the dad, and shared with him what the frick. What the flip? I mean, come on. With a little bit of discomfort, this could have worked out. But no, they never even went to the airport. They stayed at home. (laughs) Do you understand my frustration? So trying to stay at home and be calm. And not that I'm freaking out, but it's interesting how after all these years, while I know the truth and I know that God's going to take care of everything, the emotions that get drawn up from my divorce and those few years after that divorce, of just stuff, text messages and phone calls and and, and meeting in parking lots to, you know, get Andrew back and all of the hard times that were pressed on us, it, it just all comes back like a flood. And so where God's word comes in to this for me, and this is where I want to share this with you, is number one, God will never leave us or forsake us which is my like first go-to scripture pretty much for everything. And, and I know that that may be easier to be able to say that, okay, that's fine, cool, cool, God would never leave us. Well, here's the thing. If God's never going to leave us, and he's never going to let anyone pull us out of his mighty hand, and that includes Andrew. That includes me, sure, but that includes Andrew. And this is where kind of the maturity has got to really flow through me instead of me acting on exactly what I wanted to act on, which is to text him and to call him and say, quit being a jerk and buy him a ticket and quit being so cheap. Just, ah, for some reason, God wanted Andrew there for two more days, whatever reason that is. Um, In addition to that, not only will God never leave me or forsake me, he will never leave Andrew or forsake Andrew. So while I want Andrew in my hot hands, my hot little hands is what I meant to say. That sounded weird. Sorry. But um, he is more protected, and he's in a better place in God's hands. And I know that God had him there. That's number one. Number two, I asked for God to give me and Andrew the peace that surpasses all understanding. So I, I, don't, I was not very peaceful. All those emotions kept coming up. And to be honest, I was doing this thing called the three-day refresh with about nine other girls. And you eat differently for these three days. It's almost like a mini cleanse. Long story short, all I wanted was chips and salsa. And there are no chips on the three-day refresh. (laughs) And all of those emotions and and in craziness, I just kept asking God to give me that peace. Please, God, give me the peace. Give me the peace. And he gave it to me like a flood and just kept, you know, speaking to my heart. And so many words that, he was speaking to my heart, I believe, translated into my own language, which is just, Minnie, chill out. It's going to be fine. Calm down. God has never let you down. What's more important, God wants our obedience more than he wants our sacrifices. So I could have easily paid that $200, $300 for that one-way ticket to get him back home. But God wanted to do something in my life and Andrew's life. And God wanted to remind me that he's got me, number one. Number two, that just because Andrew's in my hands doesn't mean 
that that is better than somewhere else because anywhere Andrew's going to go, God's going to have him. God's going to protect him. And I want what God wants more than I want what I want. Our obedience is more important than our sacrifice. So I felt I had to be obedient and let this scenario play out. And do not get me wrong. I was praying hardcore, and I have a few friends that we're on this huge text message to where we just, it's a constant thing. We talk, oh, my gosh, about everything I mean, across the board, parenting, husbands, our work, you know, losing weight, gaining weight. We talk about everything. And I left them a voice memo. I said, all right. I have dealt with this for two days. I've tried to just, you know, give it to God the whole day. I feel that I can share this with you just for encouragement. And I didn't. I went to God first. And that is something that is so important, you guys. In my fear Bible study, which, by the way, please join me for the fear Bible study. Um, it's also called the other F word, which we'll be doing a 2.0 in. Slight little plug there, so I'd love to have you. We talk about where we go first. When so if we first go to a friend before we pray, we're putting the friend ahead of God. If we go to food before we pray, we're putting food ahead of God. Does that make sense? And so if that is what God has shown me, and that's what we've even written a Bible study about, then I too must first go to him, him first, before I go to anyone or anything else. And I did. And by the way, he definitely showed up. That peace that surpassed all understanding, he gave it to me. Knowing that he will never leave us or forsake us, he gave it to me. And ultimately, I want for God's will to play out more than mine. So I'm pulling up to the airport right now, about to pick up that dude after being gone for nine days instead of seven. <laughs> not only can I not wait to see him, but I hope that this story shares something with you, that number one, you can get through it. Because if I would have texted his dad, if I would have blown up, if I would have eaten terribly last night, if I would have faltered to that, then I believe that would have showed that I didn't have as much confidence in God as I truly do. So pulling up now knowing I didn't succumb because of his truth, not because of my strength, but because of God's truth, I'm so happy to pull up here realizing and knowing that I chose to do something different because of who I know God is. Because so easily I could have done the other things. I pray that this has helped you or that it might help you. No, you may not be divorced. No, you may not have a situation just like this. But are you coming to grips with maybe something similar? Maybe something that you too need to trust in God more than you take actions you know, into your own hands, you take matters into your own hands? Because I want to lovingly share this final thing with you. Going to God first is never a wrong move. Our first step should always be prayer. Seeking his truth in scripture and asking for him to speak to your heart and your mind. All right, you guys. I'm getting in here to get this dude. And I hope that you have a great day. <laughs>